Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone, and a little bit of a different uh, setup here for the podcast today. We're joined by Josh Newberg, which isn't different, but then also a recent FSU commit, five-star recruit, in my opinion. Uh, that's Zach, Zach Blostein, our, uh, our intern extraordinaire. He's actually talking to us while he's in a free period in high school right now because he's a boss like that. <laughs> Zach, welcome. What's up? Living, living the dream right now. We're talking recruiting. It's going to be an exclusively recruiting-centric podcast, and we're bringing Zach on to talk with us today because, well, he was he was at FSU this weekend. He uh, he was on the bench with Josh Newberg and Chris Nee, like literally sitting on the bench with them. How did it feel like to be like have your butt where Chris's butt was previously? It was really an honor. Just you know, obviously that's gonna <laughs> that's a bench that's gonna go down in history. So just being there um, is a huge honor for me. It, it, it is. And whenever I sit there, I'd like to think that there's a little bit of history and like that. I'm kind of like Chris is literally rubbing off on me, which is cool to think about. So. Uh, yeah. So as we get into the spring, we, this, well, I guess finalizing the spring football recruiting coverage that we had. And there were a ton of guys, Josh, you said before we started recording about 70 kids. Is that right? Seven zero that were that were at FSU this weekend. Yeah, I think there was about 70 total. And I'd probably say of that 70, a good. 30 to 35 kids were 2020 to 2023 targets that FSU has offered or is seriously interested in. So it was about on average for the turnout. Um, But coming off of a five win season, there's no doubt there's a lot of kids that are still interested, you know, despite what you hear, there was a lot of kids interested in coming to Tallahassee for that FSU spring game. And real quick, before we get into that uh, one guys, please remember, ways to rate review subscribe on itunes uh the podcast keeps growing that's because you guys and stuff like that and giving us input and feedback on the podcast so we appreciate it number two i i teased about a little bit but zach congratulations uh for, for those of you who don't follow zach and i'm sure most of you do you know how how committed he is to covering recruiting for us but he is committed to come to florida state and that means we can get get him around us for hopefully the next few years as well so congrats zach thank you thank you and, and that's him committing, um, you know, to, to be a student, not play football, even though he has like the build of like a, of an H back <laughs> broad shoulders, yeah, yeah, whatnot. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Upwards of 70 kids here this weekend, no commitments that came directly from it. But I, I Josh, I remember you saying something interesting as the day was kind of winding down and you said, yeah, there may not be a commitment that came today, but uh, this was about them kind of planting some seeds uh, and getting a lot of kids who were high priorities for them kind of in the mix and ready to, to, I guess, be, you, you wouldn't be surprised if there were commitments down the road uh, yeah, that I came wouldn't, from this but, weekend. But let's, let's be fair. Um, I, I thought there was going to be some commitments. I think we all expected that. Yeah, we had, we, had, commi- we had commitment watch. We had right? commit watch. Well, we, I do commit watch for any, any major <laughs> on campus recruiting event. I think I get the clicks. Yeah, I put out a couple commit watches every year. So, um, I thought there'd be three. I thought there'd be maybe four commitments. I mean, Zach, going in there, you thought there, you thought they'd land a couple, right? Yeah, I mean, going into the weekend, I was hearing going stuff. The, just yeah. yeah, going into the weekend, I was hearing stuff just about different guys, th- you know, mm-hmm. nearing a decision. So I, you know, I predicted that you know there'd be, be at least one or two, um, but obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah, and we kind of found out what happened. So we'll, we'll get into a lot of the reactions and what guys were telling us, but. In short, a lot of top talent is in wait-and-see mode with FSU. And 
I had kind of been alluding to that all all spring or heading into this spring period. Um, but now, after talking to kids, while they have great things to say, and you know that they're bonding with the staff, and you know that they're they're feeling the culture here at FSU, they're also in the same sentence hedging their bets, saying like, "But I need to see more. But I want to wait till the season. But I, but this, but that." So. It's okay. I mean, FSU's still getting these guys in. Um, last year, they were clearly giving FSU the benefit of the doubt. This year, they're going to make FSU kind of prove it. And and that that's tangible. That's on paper. Last year at this time, FSU was about to hit the number one class in America. Um, right now, at the same time, FSU's fighting to stay in the top 10. So it, they are laying the groundwork, though, to putting together a top five, potentially, you know, this class, the ceiling on this class is going to be as good as they, they play on the field. But after the spring game, we also had the recruits tell us that. Like, we've been telling you guys that for a while, but now the recruits are telling us the same thing. So, um, overall, though, Zach, what was it like spending 13 hours out there with uh, me and Chris? Did you enjoy yourself? Is this what you want to do now with the rest of your life? Yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> had a lot of a lot of good, good moments out there, uh, just seeing some seen some faces that I already knew and just meeting some guys out there. So yeah, it, it was a good experience. You know, I, I could see myself doing this yeah. uh, for a couple of years. Yeah, poor, ba- poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, we would get him some money, but it, <laughs> we were making <laughs> that would be nice. Um, hey, so, can I give you an observation real quick, Josh, and then I'll yeah, shut up. All right. So I was there for what an hour helping you guys out. And by helping you guys out, I brought you sandwiches. That was a big help. I was. I was. I, uh, yeah. yeah, he was hungry and getting hangry, so it was important. But in the one hour I was there, I kind of just sat and observed. Uh, and it occurred to me, you mentioned there were a ton of guys who came in. It almost seemed kind of chaotic. Uh, it, it, uh, there was recruits just kind of waiting outside. At one point, we saw this kid, and if, if you guys are familiar with the FSU stand-up, or setup. Um, outside by like the Bobby Bowden statue, you can look over to Pensacola and Stadium, uh, that intersection there. And there's a bridge with a sidewalk there. And we saw like a huge human being walking over the bridge. And Chris Nee goes, that'd be funny if that was a recruit. Sure enough, it was Tate Johnson, one of FSU's high priority offensive linemen. With walking his about a half mile. Yeah, walking about half a mile. <laughs> Uh, we had multiple recruits texting like you guys, like, "Hey, where do I park? Where do I get my tickets?" Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I'll so start, I'll, I'll set I'll you up with that. It was a yeah, little chaotic. A lot of good things. We're gonna talk a lot of good things, but there is some things that I saw that just, just get any damn sense. Well, uh, we're we're setting up the scene for them, for our listeners too. Like they want to know what it's like yeah, to be so there. Typically, does a great job with with um, greeting kids and, and doing the whole thing at Amore Center where they come in. At times we've seen the doors wide open with the coaches playing music and, and the kids coming in and them greeting them at the door. This time, never seen this. I'm not sure what they were doing. The doors to the Moor were locked. All these kids were trying to get in. And for a while, the doors were just locked and nobody was getting in. And I say a while, I mean like a half hour, 45 minutes. The kids are standing literally just outside on the sidewalk with their parents and then a couple kids would get let in and it was almost like a club like they were letting in some of the big i noticed they were letting in some of the big names um but then there was guys like a thomas schrader who yeah he holds an offer from fsu but i don't know zach what do you think we saw thomas schrader just dad stand out three out yeah i mean and that (laughs) happened the same thing with uh elijah roberts you know they had big time kids waiting outside the door for extended periods of time just 
then when they did open the door, some of the parents were told you have to come back at 2 p.m. for tickets. So they stood out there for like two, three hours on a sidewalk, open the door, and then they're told come back for tickets at 2. And it's like 11 a.m. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why they just didn't have the doors open or have the them welcoming them in. They go in for check-in, they get their tickets, and then they go. Um, we saw some frustration. We saw some confusion. We saw um, what you know, people asking us where to park, where to, what to do. And, you know, that's not really within our realm of uh, job description, but they seem to get that rolling like around noon. Um, and then people were coming in, they were getting their tickets, they were doing the thing. Uh, we saw, we saw it start running well after that. So I don't know if that was uh, a calculation that just kind of went wrong with not letting the kids all in at the same time. Um, but it was definitely something that started the day off weird. Well, um, I, I did get some intel on that, too. And, and this is probably the most recruiting stuff I can offer for this podcast. And that's one. I do know a couple a couple recruits were I don't want to say frustrated, but they were surprised they didn't get a chance to sit down with Willie Taggart. Um, and I think part of that was just, man, the, the time crunch that they had uh, that just the coaches didn't have time to see everyone. And that brings me to my second point, And that's some feedback I got from the staff was. They think their advantage as a coaching staff and as a group of recruiters is that they can legitimately win kids over by loving on them, by being able to give them more attention than other staffs. It's like what, something they pride themselves in. And I think they knew they dropped the ball with with that on Saturday. That They had too many prospects well, of interest call, I think, there. Yeah, and I think one of the issues was just labeling it a junior day. A lot of kids came early expecting the whole junior day experience only to be – out on the sidewalk for hours. I'm, I'm picturing um, Zach freaking out that there's a, like a, a, a truck backing up. He'll be all right. Yeah. I didn't mean he was scared of the truck. I meant more of the audio, but uh, um, I, don't, yeah. I don't care about his personal safety. I care how the podcast <laughs> acts. But yeah, because once the kids got in, I mean, everybody had a great time. So I think all these kids want to do, and that's the great thing about it. They, they got there early to spend time with the staff because they want to be around them. Um, we had a weird feeling going in, definitely did not have a weird feeling coming out. Um, outside of maybe an interview or two, I think everybody was beaming about the game, about the atmosphere, about um, meeting with the players in the locker room afterward. I guess I talked to, um, my man that came with Brian Robinson and he was with him the whole time. Brian Robinson's the four-star wide receiver committed to Miami. And he told me that they got in there. Um, they toured the locker room. The players were kind of getting ready, having their meetings. They got to see how that kind of looked as a, as a typical pregame might look. And then um, they brought him into the big auditorium where they show the highlight. The highlights always a hit. We hear kids talk about that all the time. It gets people ready. But after the highlight, something really cool happened. Um, Deion Sanders walked out and addressed the kids. I was told he gave a long speech, like something like 20, 25 minutes. You know, the typical Deion speech about responsibility and character and the tradition at FSU. And um, his son, Shador Sanders, who's a top 2021 quarterback, was also in attendance. And then... Um, what was it, Zach? When did we start seeing like Isaiah Walker and some of those guys trickle out onto the field? About an hour before the game, forty minutes before the game, something like that. Yeah, it was. It was like just about an hour before the game. They started walking out. They were all just taking in the uh, pregame stuff, and yeah, it was. They all pretty much got there 
30 minutes before game time. Pretty sure. Yeah. And it was pretty cool seeing down there, seeing a lot of the former players down there. Um, the, some of the former players that, you know, played here 10, 15 years ago seemed just as excited to be back on the field as some of these recruits. Um, you had the recruits walking all over the end zone and down the sideline as uh, FSU got ready to ready to kick off. And it looked like everybody was having a great time. Um, Jeff Sims was the was the ringmaster. He was kind of getting everybody together and uh, he had a big group. Who was who was in the Jeff Sims group? You had Zane Herring, you had Richie Leonard, uh, Tate, Tate Johnson, Kazai um, Holmes, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, he was trickling around with a bunch of other guys too. Yeah, Thomas Schrader. Yeah, Thomas Schrader was in there too. So those guys all stayed down on the field till about ten minutes prior to kickoff, and then FSU escorted them to their uh, the recruit area, which is just above the corner of the end zone. And that's where they watched the game. Um, after the game, they all went into the locker room, kind of got to got a feel of what the post game looks like for the players. Met with some of the coaches, and I'd say about eighty five percent of the recruits probably left within the first hour after the game ended. And then there was a select group that, uh, well, let's just say we were at the stadium till almost eleven p.m. when Isaiah Walker. Uh, Isaiah Walker, four-star commitment to South Carolina offensive tackle. He was the last person to leave, and that was probably like 10 minutes till 11 p.m. Um, yeah. So the game ended at about 6.30, 7 o'clock, and by 11 p.m., all the recruits were out. Yeah. Um, I think it was telling that he was the last one to stay, especially um, just because he's such at such a uh, position of need for FSU at offensive tackle. Um, and you know, they're, they're doing a lot of work there and, uh, based on what he said afterwards and kind of what we're hearing, things went really well there. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, most of the priority guys stayed afterwards, um, met with the coaches, met with coach Tagger, obviously, like we said before, some of the, some of the guys, um, didn't get to meet with coach Tagger and, you know, that was kind of a topic of discussion afterwards as well. Yeah, we saw um, Tate Johnson did not have a chance to. Jaheim Bell did not have a chance to. Uh, we saw uh, Jaquavius Marks. Yeah, Jaquavius Marks, the running back out of Atlanta, did not have a chance to talk to Coach Taggart. But he obviously did have a chance to talk to a lot of guys, and that made a huge impact. It seems like the guys that I'm going to talk about next were all the ones that met with Coach Taggart, whether it be on Saturday or Sunday. And this is some of the biggest news that we had coming out of the event. Um, four-star running back from Coco High School came out. Uh, Kaziah Holmes, off of the visit, straight up told us that FSU is now his leader. Um, that was a big move right there. And then the other big movement come from a guy named Jalen Knighton. He's a running back from down your way, Zach. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about Jalen Knighton, his visit, and what we're looking at right now? Yeah, I mean, Jalen came kind of uh, like right around that 12 o'clock, 1 p.m. range um, and stayed there all day until, um, the evening, uh, you know, hang hung around a lot with, uh, running backs coach Dante Pimbleton. Those two have, uh, hit it off very well just ever since last year when, um, Pimbleton started recruiting him. Um, I actually went to one of Knighton's games back, uh, in the fall of last year at Deerfield beach down my way. And, you know, he had, he had great things to say about Pimbleton then, and he was committed to Oklahoma. Um, you know, he, he decommitted from Oklahoma earlier this year, um, actually named Clemson his leader, I think in February. Yeah. 
And then, um, you know, Clemson obviously is in a position that not many other schools are in where they're, you know, looking at the highest priority at each position. Um, they're looking at uh, running back to Marcus Bowman. So, you know, Knighton's kind of uh, a little bit down there on their priorities at running back right now. So that's allowed Florida State to make a run with him. And it seems uh, coming off this visit that they indeed made a huge uh, splash with him. Yeah, enough so that I put a crystal ball pick in for Jalen Knight into Florida State on Sunday. Um, he used the word shocked when talking about the visit with us twice about how how much he liked it. And um, coming off the visit, you got to love when a kid sets his decision date, if, if it's your school that he's coming off of. I think that, you know, there's a reason for that. Um, but the only thing I, you know, I don't think it's over yet for uh for Jalen Knighton. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a couple visits between now and his May, uh, what is it? May 17th decision date. Yeah. May 17th. Yeah. He, he, he told us afterwards that it was going to be, um, August 2nd, but then he moved right. it to May 17th. So, you know, obviously that's a good move for FSU, but sure um, he had told like me, that. he told me in the past that he wants to take, um, an official visit to Oklahoma, uh, the school he was once committed to before deciding, um, so I don't know if that's still the case, uh, but, you know, obviously Miami is the hometown school. So he'll, he might get there a couple of times before um, ending things in May. Yeah. Um, now let's double back on Keziah Holmes, because that's a, that was a, uh, a big statement by him putting FSU out front. He told me that he's not sure when he's going to make his decision just yet, um, but he does want to take some more visits. FSU is going to be one of them. He expects to come back in June for camp. But he also wants to get up north and check out Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. Uh, we know Florida State would like to sign three backs in this class. And a lot of people have been talking about um, signing two, you know, whether it be a combination of Toa Philly and Knighton or Knighton and Marks or, and whoever. And then maybe sliding Keziah Holmes in, as an athlete that could play in the slot. Um, we talked to Keziah Holmes and he didn't want to hear nothing about that slot position. Um, he feels like he's a running back. He wants to be recruited as a running back and he wants to play running back on the next level. So for all the talk about Keziah Holmes, maybe coming in in a flex role and in, in a, in a slot slash running back position. Um, I think we can scrap that for now. Keziah Holmes is a running back. Um, he's also, we'll just, uh, transition to his teammate, Richie Leonard. Zach, he's a guy that you've become familiar with. I'll let you speak on Richie. He was up for his second visit this spring. Um, what did you take from Richard Leonard this time? Um, you know, coming into it, obviously, um, him making a second visit was a big thing um, for Florida State to, you know, try and uh, snatch him away from Kentucky. But, um, yeah, just coming out of the visit, he had, uh, you know, he's not someone that's going to tell you everything um, that's going on. So, you know, after talking to some people, I feel I feel good about FSU's chances right now with Richie. Um, you know, he really, really uh, is good friends with uh, quarterback commit Jeff Sims, uh, lineman commit Zane Herring and those guys. And, you know, to Sims' credit, he's done a great job in just, you know, getting a lot of guys like high quality uh, linemen around him and just, you know, they've all uh, become friends and that's obviously helped FSU a lot um in recruiting these guys right so stick let's stick to the offensive line finish this out I want to talk about two more uh primary names one was Isaiah Walker who we already spoke about we know he visited on Saturday and Sunday 
Um, he remains committed to South Carolina, and he plans on taking his official visit there later this spring. Um, I believe he got to Auburn today, and he'll be at Alabama tomorrow. Um, I like what he said about those two schools. I don't think either of them are kind of all in, but he said, I'm going, I got Auburn and Alabama next week. So we'll see what they're saying, how they talk. And I think that's how he feels. Like, I think Isaiah Walker is truly open. I know a lot of people want to say, oh, he's flipping, you know, this, that, and the other. But I really think he, like, he is out enjoying the process. He's out listening to everybody and just taking it all in. Um, I think Walker more than not probably flips, but I don't think it's anytime soon. Um, what do you think, Zach, on, on Isaiah Walker? Yeah, I think um, I think he really likes the three in-state schools in Miami, Florida, and Florida State. Um, but obviously, he still remains that he's committed to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I feel like the, the general consensus here just among uh, the people around him is that, you know, it's going to be, uh, he's going to listen to all schools um, or all major schools that are involved with him. Um, like you said, he's going to Alabama and Auburn, which, um, you know, if those schools start pursuing, that could be telling, um, you know, obviously Alabama is Alabama, but um, yeah, I, I agree. I think he uh, either decommits or flips sometime uh, later in this process. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't see him uh, ending up at right. South Carolina. Yeah, and to clarify, when I say I think more than more chance than not that he flips, I don't know where to. I kind of agree with Zach. I think it's going to be one of the in-state schools. Um, right now, it would seem like Florida State, Miami, um, but who knows? You know, I don't think he's going to do it anytime soon. So I think it's it's going to be a big three battle for him eventually at some point. Um, moving yeah. on to another big man offensive guard, Tate Johnson, the uh, Hogansville, Georgia, three-star offensive offensive guard, I should say, was back at Florida State. It was his second time in about a month. He was here previously for a spring practice. Um, He's one of the guys in Jeff Sims' crew. We got to get a, we got to name that crew, Zach. We got to get a new (laughs) name for that crew. Yeah. Um, Sims Squad or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Yeah, but he... (laughs) He, he here's his quote and and you know when asked if he was close to committing because he sounded sure enough like he might um here's what he said i told coach that for me i got to be comfortable and i got to be 100 percent committed if i'm going to commit to a school and if i'm not 100 percent, then i can't be 100 percent committed whenever i feel i'm 100 percent sure then i'll make my decision Wow, if every recruit thought like this, we'd be uh, we'd probably be out of business, to be honest, because nobody would be interested in following recruiting. Um, but Tate yeah. Johnson's going to do it the right way. I think FSU's on top, even though he doesn't really say it. I think they're on top. The other schools that he mentions is Georgia Tech, Florida, and Auburn. Um, but the one school everybody's got their eye on here is Georgia, right? I mean, Georgia's the team that if they come up, they can really shake some shit up if they if they were to offer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, obviously everyone, or you guys mentioned on the last podcast, I think, uh, that his dad was, um, you know, is a big Georgia fan. Um, obviously, uh, you know, he has these teams and he's looking at a bunch of schools, taking all his visits. Um, but, yeah, I agree. If, if Georgia comes in, you know, that's going to be pretty hard to beat just because of their track record lately. And obviously, he's pro- he probably grew up um a fan of the Bulldogs. Right. Which is understandable. Um, 
I tried to put in a crystal ball pick for him on Sunday, you know, after talking to him and hearing him, I was like, I need to go ahead and do that. I already had a crystal ball pick in for, for Tate Johnson. So for those scoring at home, I've now put in two crystal ball picks for Tate Johnson to FSU. All right, let's flip it. Well, I mean, we could talk a little bit about wide receiver. I touched on, um, before we head to the defensive side of the ball, I touched on Brian Robinson, Miami commitment that was there. He had a great visit. Here's another one that we're just in wait and see mode. I think Brian, Brian, did I call him Brian Johnson? It's Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson is going to come back probably another time or two, um, whether it be summer and then fall, but I, I fully expect him to be back on campus another time or two before signing day. Um, he's already been on campus twice. Great relationship with Ron Dugans. The only thing he's going to need for a flip is to see it on the field. I think if FSU can come out and prove it, um, then he's, then, then they're his. I think they flip him. He's one of the best wide receivers in the state. Um, what's your take on, on Brian Robinson, Zach? Where do you stand? I mean, you know, I think it, like, it, like you said, um, you know, him taking another visit to Florida state was, is good, uh, for them. Um, I don't think he's completely solid to Miami or else, you know, he wouldn't be taking these visits, um, but yeah, I think Florida State is definitely in the best position right now to, uh, in the like, the best position to flip him right. at, at the moment. Um, you know, obviously other teams could come in, but uh, you know, I like you said over the weekend he brought his mother on the visit, and that was um, a big thing because he uh, apparently had she hadn't even been to Miami where he's currently committed. Um, so yeah, that was that was a big thing for his recruitment. Um, you know, I think it's, you're going to, they're going to have to get him back up, uh, probably over the summer for their Saturday night live, uh, event or sometime, uh, before that dead period, uh, in June. So yeah, I think they're in a good position right now, but, uh, they're definitely gonna have to prove something on the field, uh, this fall. All right. And Malachi Wyman, I'll just, I'll hit on him real quick. Malachi Wyman came back, or I shouldn't say back, but he came up with his mom. This was his mom's second visit to FSU this spring. This was his first. Um, Spoke to some people that were with Wyman on the visit. They think there's a very good chance he ends up at FSU, just needs more time. They say um, he's been going through the recruiting process and hoops for a while. So now back, so now football's coming into play. He understands what's going on. He understands, you know, the whole the whole sales pitch from, from coaches. So he's just taking it slow. Um, but I think there's a better chance than not Malachi Weidman ends up in this class. And then you spoke to Arian Smith. He's a name that's kind of popped up on the Knowles 24 seven message board. A lot of interest in him over the last couple of weeks, Zach, what's up with Arian Smith out of Mulberry high school? Yeah, he's, you know, I've been, I've watched his tape a couple months ago, uh, back when I was just looking at, you know, who they were uh, targeting in 2020 and I really, really, you know, he's, his speed stands out a lot. He's a 10-4 kind of guy in, uh, in the 100 and track. Um, and, you know, he took his, uh, I think, first visit to FSU this year. Uh, they offered him, they were one of the first schools to offer him. And, you know, that made a, you know, that's a uh, thing in his recruitment that he likes a lot about the Seminoles. Um, he uh, had great things to say coming out of the visit, um, talked to Coach Dugans, uh I don't remember if he talked to Coach Tagger, but he, um, you know, he, he remains high on FSU right now. Uh, I think he's going to check out Florida um, and maybe some out-of-state schools, but I think um, it's more likely than not that he ends up in state for uh, for college. 
Right. I agree. Um, that wraps up the offensive side of the ball. Yes. Let's switch it over to defense. Um, I spoke to big body defensive end. I guess he's a defensive end right now. Elijah Roberts. Um, he admitted to me that he knows he might get bigger um, and move inside. But right now, FSU's recruiting him on a defensive end. And it really doesn't matter now because he's getting recruited by Odell Hagens regardless. Um, yeah. He came back on Sunday with his folks after waiting outside on Saturday for a couple hours. <laughs> he returned on Sunday, um, but he had a great trip. I mean, he, he loved the game. We talked to him about that. Talked to him about his time with, he, you know, his primary recruiter is Telly Lockett. Um, his secondary recruiter, I would say, is Odell Hagens. But he said this weekend he did spend a lot of time speaking with Harlan Barnett, um, which is why kids come to campus to kind of put some names into the faces and all that kind of stuff, faces to the names. Um, but he says his recruitment's open besides FSU. I got Penn state, Oregon, Miami, Georgia, Georgia tech, and Florida. Um, he really likes FSU and he's coming back on the 27th of July for Saturday night live. Um, so he doesn't have an idea of when he's going to make a decision. He, he doesn't have a date. I should say he has an idea. He'd like to do it before his senior season, which means he might take his official visits in the summer. We'll see if that flies with FSU. I know last year they only brought in, what was it, like two official visitors in the spring and summer. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if that strategy changes. But to date, we do not know of any um, official visits scheduled, correct, for the spring or summer. I don't know of any. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not yet. All right. So moving on to another big man that was much anticipated. You spoke to Jalen Carter out of Apopka, right, Zach? Yep. Tell me about him. Um. You know, he told me in February, back when I saw him at the Under Armour Orlando uh, camp, um, that FSU was recruiting him the hardest. And that was kind of the first time we heard about him uh, involved with Florida State. Uh, he came back, he came to visit uh, for the spring game, which was his first visit uh, since uh, he took a trip up to Tallahassee in the fall, uh, last fall. And, you know, he, he really enjoyed himself. He got to spend a lot of time with uh, Coach Hagan's. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he was saying that he loved uh, seeing them get the guys in the field. Uh, we asked him about the defensive line. He said he was just kind of focused on the, the group as a whole, um, said he could see himself uh, playing at Florida State. Um, you know, I think they're doing a great job. He, he still says they're coming the hardest. And, you know, he, he basically said, um, we asked him, you know, what are they doing that's different than other schools? And they, he, he said, you know, they're, they're FaceTiming him like every night, uh, the, the Florida State staff. Um, and, and, you know, he said other schools are just kind of texting him to see what's up. Uh, so that's always good when you see them making him a priority. Um, he's, you know, one of the top defensive tackles in the state for this class. Um, I think he's going to check out Auburn. Uh, I think he's on his way to Auburn as we speak. Uh, and he'll be at Florida or Georgia uh, coming up soon. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the linebacker position and one of the guys that we had on commit watch was Jion McCluster. And, you know, logically speaking, it seemed he had already named FSU his favorite a while ago. He cut his list to a top three, included FSU. And now here he comes back to, to campus again for the spring game with his family. Uh, were you surprised he did not commit during his weekend at the game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, going into the weekend, I really uh, thought there was a good chance that he could. 
Um, you know, he made a comment to me like the, uh, he, he he was on campus Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. so I got up with him Friday night. I kind of asked him what you know what was his plan, and he kind of told me that he still kind of want to wait, uh, kind of wants to wait uh, to make a decision until after his official visits. I don't know when those will be, right. um, but that kind of that kind of told me that you know there's a good chance that he probably doesn't make a decision this weekend, um, which was not what I originally thought. Um, but I still think Florida State, he told me Florida State does lead, and that's coming off um, a Miami visit where he said Miami and Florida State were co-leaders. So, you know, obviously uh, they're doing a great job with him. They offered uh, his little brother, um, I think, a week prior to the game. And, you know, the whole family was there, his, both, of, both of his little brothers. Um, so they're doing a great job with him. Um, I just, I, I think he wants to take a couple more visits before deciding. Um, that was the whole issue at first, you know, uh, they didn't want him to commit and then take more visits. So, um, I, I think, I think there's a good chance he ends up at FSU if that's, that remains the case. Yeah. Okay. Moving on 2020 defensive back and Miami commitment, Keyshawn Washington. Uh, he's from South Dade high school in Homestead. He had some interesting comments. When I asked him, um, where does FSU stand? Here's was his response, right? Right now, they're, in, they're my top school right now, but I'm always going to love UM. I've always liked Florida State since I was little. So here we go. We have a Miami commitment that is, Flip. That is publicly naming Florida State as his top school. I love recruiting. So you go from Tate Johnson <laughs> to Keyshawn Washington and, and it, show you the ways a kid can handle their recruitment. Um, the question is, is the six foot one, 180 pound defensive back a take for FSU? I mean, I know they've offered him, but the, the big question to us, and you know, we don't have finite clarity on this because I think what really makes this tricky is the fact that Florida state has recruited the defensive back position so well, and, and they're, they're doing so already in 2020 that it makes you wonder, um, if, if he is indeed a guy that they're going to flip or, or try to make the flip for, um, Zach, you've seen him play. What do you like about him? Um, he's really, you know, he he's technically sound. He the big thing with him is he needs to put on a little bit more weight, and I and that's something that me and um, Miami reporter Andrew Ivins agree on. Uh, just as far as uh, you know, him transitioning to the next level. But he's yeah. you know he's he's elite in coverage. Uh, he's re- really versatile. Uh, he can play nickel. He can play corner. He can play safety. So. Yeah. Um, you can use them all around the defensive backfield. Um, he told me he prefers to play the nickel because he likes to blitz and cover. Is yeah. What he told me. So yeah. it's interesting. Um, so, yeah. So I think if FSU, I, and I do think they're going to try to sign another safety. Um, I think right now, Hey, he's committed to Miami. He's saying FSU is his leader. If you're FSU, you probably, you probably think you're in a great position for him. And I think, I think that they'll probably wait through the spring to go make a in-person evaluation on all these safeties and defensive backs uh, one more time before they really make a push to get to get them to flip. So that was good. Um, is there anybody else you really want to talk about? We didn't talk about Shador Sanders, um, but I think we about hit on hit on all the high points. Is there anybody that you want to talk about, Zach? Yeah, just yeah. some quick notes. Um, you know. Uh, there was a guy out of Jensen Beach that I really like called uh, named Manny Rogers. He plays defensive tackle. Um, kind of, he's he's a flex guy. He can play uh, the end as well. Um, really good off the edge. Um, you know his recruitment's kind of uh, 
not been publicized that much just because he's kind of a quiet kid, kind of reserved, um, doesn't really talk to much media. But I talked to his head coach um, after his visit, and, you know, he was kind of saying that he really liked it. Um, you know, Odell Higgins is making him a priority. He's someone that uh, Higgins really, really likes uh, at the t- uh, defensive tackle position. So, you know, getting him up, that was one of his first college visits. Um, so that that's a big thing right there. Uh, other than that, I mean, there were some 2021 guys that you guys talked to, like Ajay Hall, who just uh, got bumped to the number 14 prospect in the country uh, in the new 2021 uh, recruiting rankings. So getting him on campus was always good, is always good uh, early on in his process. Um, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. So little little underwhelming in terms of the uh adjustment and you know definitely thought we were going to be counting a couple more commits to this class after after the weekend um wanted to address one other thing i know there's there's a narrative out there that fsu has implemented a no visit for for commits rule and that might in that's kind of being spun is why fsu did not see the amount of commitments that they were expecting that yeah that's highly highly exaggerated um I don't think there is any rule that's being implemented. I think, of course, people are out there spinning narratives. Uh, yeah, believe no, me. no. Um, you know, when you're Clemson, you can get away with it. When you're coming off of a five-win season, you can't be putting in a new rule like that. Not this year. Not this year, you can't. So, unfortunately, FSU just didn't pick up any commitments. It's not because of some rule that's going to yeah. eventually help them out in the long run. Um, I still believe. You know, when this side, when this class is inked, if you go back, there's going to be three or four guys that were on campus this weekend that end up signing with FSU. And because of that, you know, I'm not I'm not going to overreact that this was a bad weekend. I still think this is an overall good weekend. Um, and, and whether you land the commitment today or you land them in February, it doesn't make the prospect that you sign any any better or any worse. So um, I think that they put themselves in good position down the road. We're going we're gonna to continue to hear a lot of this, but FSU has to go prove it on the field this fall. We're, that's, just, that's just the theme of 2020 this year. That's the world that us FSU fans are living in. So, um, Brendan, you got any more thoughts, comments, questions for us? I'm, I'm just really proud of the way Zach has grown up in the past year. We've really seen him mature and, and just bring a lot of polish to his recruiting coverage, and I'm really excited that he's going to be with us for the next four years or so how about that that's great <laughs> and with it. that um you guys rate us <laughs> five stars on itunes subscribe not like. not three stars not not four stars but five all right that's the Knowles 24 <laughs> 7 recruiting podcast for brendan sanone and zach blostein i am josh newberg and we are out stick in the landing <laughs>